Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod. This is episode number 156, Friday, January 19th, 2024. And thank you for making the Doggy Juice Pod a part of your week. I got a super quick one for all you this week. We got a four pack of NFL divisional round games this weekend that I'll dive into. Uh, but first, I have a few quick thoughts to share. I'll discuss why. You're doing yourself a disservice if you aren't already taking advantage of ESPN Bet's poor risk in trading or having someone you know taking advantage of it for you, along with some exciting regulatory news out of Colorado and a couple of other thoughts uh, to share with all of you. Let's hit it. We're over five and a half years into legal regulated sports betting here in the U.S., and Zooming out big picture, what things look like right now at this moment in time is going to be very different to what we see in just a few years from now, let alone five or ten years from now. And I know I've talked about this in the past, that we've, we have a lot of uh, exciting young tech companies on the B2B and B2C side that are really shaking things up in the industry, but I'm also a firm believer that one of those big changes that we're going to see coming, and, and really it already is coming, uh, to the industry right now um, is really going to impact the very way we all place a wager as betters. And that's the exchange model. It's really poised to take hold here in the U.S. It's only technically present in New Jersey right now, uh, at least exchange wagering with regards to sports betting. Uh, There are some nuances there because uh, smart gets for anyone familiar, they've been operating in exchange for a long time, but more of the political markets and that's where you know the CFTC gets involved with that type of stuff. But without going down that rabbit hole, we do have the exchange model in New Jersey with two products that are live there that a lot of you already know about: Sport Trade and Profit Exchange. And they've uh, the early returns are interesting with those companies. The biggest challenge is really just getting the the common casual better to understand this type of betting um, with limit orders. It's very much like you'd see in the financial markets trading equities. Um, so the, those books are obviously live in New Jersey doing that, and the pricing is the best pricing in the market. So you're, if you're living in New Jersey and you don't have the exchanges, you're literally betting into worse pricing pretty much any time you, you bet on a market. Now, that's New Jersey. Outside of New Jersey, those books are not doing any business, but we've seen some really recent developments out of Colorado. And New Jersey and Colorado really have been the torchbearers for legal sports betting pretty much since this thing uh, started out. You know, five over five years ago, Colorado, with its really operator and licensee-friendly regulatory schemes, led, of course, Colorado to having the most sports books, legal online sports books of of any state for a long time. And New Jersey and Colorado still hold that uh, distinction right now. Um, and although some states are really catching up, but those have been the, I guess, if you want to say, like paving the states that have been paving the way in terms of allowing new uh, technology and, and new technical compliance aspects to fit within their regulations. Uh, they've been able, they've been willing to, to their credit, the regulators in those states, been willing and open to shifting and changing their regulations with regards to you know some of this new technology that's coming out while other states are still stuck in the sand. But without going down that rabbit hole too much, Colorado has essentially agreed, and, and the way the law is written in Colorado too, it does allow the opportunity for exchange wagering, but Colorado regulators at Colorado Division of Gaming um, have said that they're going to be tweaking around their own rules and regulations to fit these exchanges in. And you saw one exchange that's an exciting one called Novig. Uh, they just launched in Colorado 
um, just a, a couple weeks ago. I don't know the exact date. It might have even been at the end of last year. But they are in Colorado now along with Sport Trade, but not as an exchange model. They don't have the limit orders. They, they're operating functionally as a sports book. Um, the way that we typically understand it, you know, the traditional sports book model where you're going up against the book. Um, that's how it is right now, but the Colorado regulators are looking at shifting the rules around to allow this. They're saying, you know, I always say take the over on timelines, but they're saying they should have it done by March. Um, and it's an exciting time for that for all of this because we're seeing the financialization of sports betting really just still in its, its infancy period. And... And I really think that this is poised to really take a bit. I'm very bullish on all of this, and maybe it's going to take a few years to really take shape in other states as well. But look for other states to borrow a lot of what Colorado is doing to, you know, to formulate uh, their own rules and regulations around exchange wagering. And some states have to change, including the state where I'm in in Illinois. They have to change the law to actually allow this, and there are efforts underway. Uh, a lot of lobbying going on to get that done, and unfortunately, some forces in play that are preventing that from from. Uh, from happening in, a, in a, a few states. So some states, you need the law change to actually allow it. Some states, you know, you just have to shift the regulations around to really allow it. And then there's also the greater federal question of whether or not exchange wagering should even fall under sports betting and everything that comes along with it, you know, the licensing, the same licensing and regulatory oversight uh, from state governing bodies. Uh, their legitimate argument can be made that the CFTC should be over uh, overlooking this and, and uh, it should be federally available for anybody in all 50 states because... It doesn't fall under sports wagering and the technical definition of sports wagering. But that's a whole other argument. I'm not going to go down that uh, that rabbit hole today either. But it's a really interesting thing to pay attention to for everyone that's a nerd like me and wants to uh, to not only keep up with the changes that are happening, but also maybe even influence the regulators and and, uh, and lawmakers and educating them at least and, and how how good this can this model can be to get more volume in to keep more money away from the black market. And, uh, and really see a lot more handle, which of course will bring in more state revenue. Uh, the more betting that's taking place above board on a, on a regulated level is just good for the entire industry. And uh, it's, it's something I'm very bullish on, this exchange model. And one of the startups I'm working with right now is an exchange, so I do have skin in the game, I guess, from that standpoint. But I, and I'll definitely have more to say on this subject in future episodes. ESPN Bet. Uh, there has been some opportunity uh, for people to, to get down on ESPN but really take advantage of them. They're only a few months old, you know, since they switched over uh, from Barstool Sportsbook, RIP, and ESPN Bet's launch obviously came uh, just in November. So it's early on, but the product early on is leaving a whole lot to be desired. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure uh, on the Disney side to, to make this work, and I think even contractually they have to have a certain amount of market share early on, otherwise the deal with Penn is in jeopardy. Because of course, that's trading under the pen license, just using the ESPN um, you know, name and, and, and banner, and, and the risk trading is that's done internally on Penn's side is really, really leaving a lot to be desired if you're uh, a pro ESPN bet uh, supporter, uh, so to speak. But the risk in trading that's done internally there is really, really an eye opener. How slow they are to move early on. A lot of people are going to be mad at me for sharing this with a lot of you, a lot of you. But just having an odd screen up every day just shows how slow that ESPN bet is in particular to move on college hoop sides and totals. If you're looking to chase steam, there's really no better place to do it right now. And I'm surprised I'm saying that because BetMGM and the Camby books, I mean, it's even slower than those a lot of the time, which is pretty amazing. So um, 
And the reason why I'm bringing this up this week, because this is not like new news, it's uh, something I've been taking advantage of with some partners of mine uh, for for a while now. But the reason why I'm bringing it up now is because ESPN Bet put up some extremely off-market pricing on the NFL games this week. And, and as you know, we know here, as you listeners know, these NFL playoff games are about as sharp of a sports betting market as you can bet into, even earlier on in the week. I mean, you're not seeing these, these lines, tons of liquidity. Obviously there's only, you know, what seven games left in the season in the NFL. These last seven are going to be the, the tight tightest lines of the year with the most money bet into them and really hard to find edges on these. I mean, next to impossible, especially as the market matures and limits go up. But ESPN bet curiously was way off market on their pricing on all of the games this week, um, earlier in the week. And on Wednesday morning in particular, for hours on Wednesday morning, the the seventeenth, multiple hours on some of these. It was really a good hour or so on the Chiefs, but um, you were able to get down, and I was able to get down through partners on all four games on Ravens minus seven at minus one ten. Of course, that's minus nine and a half uh, consensus, and the, and the consensus market price was nine nine and a half when they were offering this. Uh, the Forty ers you could have got at minus eight minus one ten. The Buccaneers against the Lions plus seven minus one ten, and then the Chiefs. Uh, the biggest edge on the board was plus three and a half at minus one ten from six twenty five a.m. till seven eighteen a.m. Central Time to be precise. And so my odd screen uh, line history showing me. And even then, after at seven eighteen, they moved it. It was inside and outside of that window. It was minus one fifteen. Uh, Chiefs catching three and a half. While the market was consensus, Bills minus two point seven five. So that's a huge edge, especially for these for these playoff games. I mean, especially and even in any given week in the NFL to be that far off market is, at the time is pretty surprising. And, and no, ESPN bet is not. They're not taking a stand. They're not sharp by any means. This is what happens when you limit sharp action, though, and you don't have people that are quickly going to buy that back. Maybe they did a little bit, but if you also don't think that sharp betters are bearding in and find, still finding a way to get down at ESPN bet, then you're uh, you're out to lunch. So. Just bears repeating right now on the pod because they they can be taken advantage of right now, and if they're not going to put the resources towards their own risk and trading, uh, that's their own fault. So if you're able to get down at ESPN bet, even just getting an odd screen up, or even just comparing the ESPN bet lines to a, a short book like Circa and betting the discrepancies on the ESPN bet side uh, is, is a plus EV proposition for you. So I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring that up to all of you listeners uh, today on the podcast, especially after what happened on Wednesday there. <laughs> Hard Rock Bet. They are getting into some hot water, voiding wagers. You can you could Google some of this, some of the action recently. There's uh, a guy with some big hockey uh, parlay, same-game parlay action that was voided uh, with Hard Rock claiming that it was palpable error. And interestingly, Danny Moses, for all familiar, he's uh, one of the guys uh, from that the movie The Big Short was based off of, and he's involved with WagerWire, a uh, secondary market company that I... I uh, do some work for on the startup side. Um, he was specifically harmed by this as well in Florida because he got a bet down in Florida that Hard Rock bet voided, but the same bets that other people placed taking advantage of this off pricing in in New Jersey, for example, was not voided. And I've discussed this in the past. New Jersey has very specific rules in terms of, of voiding wagers. They're very hard on the operator. Um, 
I think I've said this like five or six times in the pod, but when we launched at play up, the New Jersey DG told me straight up, you know, if you're going to hang a 35 plus 35 when it should be minus 35, that's on you. There's no palpable error in those scenarios. If you're going to be and their stated reasoning was if you're not going to be putting the proper resources in terms of people and, and, and money on your own risk management, then you should suffer the consequences. So they take a hard line approach on voids. That's why we haven't seen these wagers voided in New Jersey. I know Hard Rock Bet is actively trying to void these wagers. But in Florida and some other states where they're a little more operator friendly, you're seeing in this in this instance with Danny Moses, um, his his bet get voided, and it's where do you draw the line on that? You know, in, in terms of palpable error, and, and it's not the first time we've seen an issue with palpable error, and I I strongly side with the better on issues like this. However, at the same time, I side with the books in terms of. Uh, how they deal with the customer after paying out. You know, I, th- I think uh, if you're going to be taking advantage of this stuff, and it's very clear, and the more clear it is, I think the more clear it is that the book should uh, should have you know full reign on, on limiting you or just telling you to do take your business elsewhere. Because you know if you're going to get down and take advantage of a book here, then you know they have every right, of course, to restrict you and shut you down at all times for whatever reason they want because they're doing their own business. But you're opening up the door if you're going to take advantage of this stuff to get 86 from any sports book. I, I will add that. However. Books should not be getting free rolls on this stuff either, because I can tell you this much. Danny Moses' bet, you know, Danny Moses from the Big Short, if it lost, then uh, Hard Rock would be collecting and they would be not they would not be crying foul on this. So you can't offer books free rolls on this stuff. It's always an interesting topic. And I'm going to be on a Twitter space this upcoming Thursday at, uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central with Legal Sports Reports. Sam McQuillan, uh, the WagerWire Twitter space, to discuss this issue, this issue and other legal, regulatory, and operational updates in the sports betting industry. But this Danny Moses uh, story is really interesting. The Washington Post picked it up this week. It's getting a lot of buzz, and uh, I know WagerWire's doing a lot uh, to to defend him and, and try and bring this issue to light. So, again, I'll be on that Twitter space, that WagerWire Twitter space, next Thursday, January 25th at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central. Uh, so be sure to check that out. It's the NFL Divisional Round Weekend, and like I said earlier, we have extremely sharp lines on this, unless you're ESPN bet on a Wednesday morning. But I'm going to break down each game really quickly individually here, starting out with Saturday games. we got our two big favorites, of course, the number one seeds. The well-rested Ravens are laying nine and a half against the Texans. Market consensus, the total uh, is 43 and a half consensus. Ravens are fully rested, fully healthy for this one. And I, I did recommend the Ravens at 15-1 to 1 on DraftKings with a Twitter post on the Doggy Juice Twitter back on November 1st, 15-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, the consensus price at that time was 12-1. to 1. Circa had them at 9-1 to 1 at the time. And they were tied for first in the AFC with three home games on tap at that time. Of course, now uh, they're one of the favorites. Uh, they're, they're favored to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Niners-Ravens Super Bowl is... Uh, well, roughly about 23-24% to happen by my numbers right now, and that's, uh, of course, going to change this weekend if both these teams uh, you know, cover as, as chalk. But yeah, Ravens laying 9.5, obviously against the rookie quarterback here. I, you know, I, Ravens are such a good team. Power ratings-wise, I still have the Niners on top. Uh, market ratings-wise, too, uh, market thinks this as well. But they're only two points better. I think I'm a little bit higher than the market uh, on the Ravens than the market is because uh, I only have the Niners... Just about two points better than the Ravens uh, on my stuff. Of course, we saw the Niners laying uh, that that line close six on Christmas um, when the Niners hosted the Ravens. Of course, the Ravens won the game outright, but you're not going to make too big of an adjustment there. Uh, but now with the Ravens fully healthy, I mean, there's 
absolutely a contender to, of course, a contender to win this whole thing. That's not breaking any news, but being fully healthy now, although Mark Andrews is not quite returning yet, uh, has me leaning to the Ravens in this spot. I think a lot of people are aware of divisional home favorites in this spot too, uh, favorable ATS uh, returns over the past few years. I do lean Ravens here. Of course, you know I mentioned that, that ESPN bet at minus uh, one is minus seven, minus one ten. That's in pocket for me. You can't get at that now. You never will uh, before kick on this one, absent uh, some completely crazy unforeseen injury to to a group of players or like a Lamar. You're not going to see that again. But uh, you could get the Ravens on a seven-point teaser, and I'll get into teasers again a little bit later. Um, but if you're able to get the Ravens on a, te- a seven-pointer at minus 140 or better, pairing them up with the Niners on Saturday I think is, is a, a really good look. And moving on to the Niners games, we have the same spread. Niners hosting the Packers Saturday night, laying nine and a half consensus. The total consensus 50 and a half at the time of recording this on Friday morning. Uh, Niners, of course, extra time to prepare with this one. This Packers secondary is very gettable. Of course, we didn't see the Cowboys take advantage of it um, with, with McCarthy, the genius Mike McCarthy running the show last week. But I really think the Niners should clean up in this one because that really plays into their hands. They have so much... Uh, of course, uh, skill talent right down the middle of the field. They could they really could see George Kittle cleaning up in this one and other guys that are going to rule the middle of the field and take advantage of that Packers secondary. The only real shot I really think the Packers have in this one is if they win the turnover battle on Saturday night. So it's going to be really hard hard to see that happen. I lean the Niners at, uh, at nine and a half, but really would take uh, them laying minus seven for me to, to get involved uh, for anything serious in this in this game, so uh, pass on that one, but definitely lean to the Niners. Moving on to the Sunday games, we have the Lions laying six and a half points consensus versus the Bucks. The total forty nine. I lean the Bucks here, the the dog. I make the line five point eight on my stuff, even after adjusting for home field. The Lions, of course, got their long awaited playoff win last week. You can see some deflation there. Of course, you know, Mark, market's aware of everything, and you know, I usually like to fade teams after big. Uh, spots like that where, like, you know, they, they get the monkey off their back, so to speak. And uh, for this one, you know, in this case, the Lions winning that, that playoff game. And, you know, everything that comes along with that, that, ex- that exaltation, that sigh of relief, and, you know, all the, you know, a lot of interviews and a lot of uh, celebrating and stuff. But, you know, in this case, these are NFL players. I don't think that's very muted, any notion of that. Um, and the market probably even, you could argue, I mean, obviously is well aware of it, maybe even, Taking taking it into account to a certain extent, however, this line looks a little heavy, and, and honestly, I, I do lean the Bucks here. Of course, that at plus seven, I would get involved at minus one ten and, and have through partners at, at ESPN bet. But uh, I, I, the total is really where I'm more interested in, and have gotten involved too. I do have a strong lean to the over this one at forty nine or better. I have forty eight and a half over in pocket. Really would have liked it a little bit lower to get involved for anything uh, a full position. It's it's a strong lean, you could call it, at 49, but I, I think it's fine to, to fire a half unit on this one uh, at 49 at the current market price. Uh, 49 is a bit of a key number when it comes to uh, to totals in the NFL, so uh, if you can get under 49 over, that's a way better look. But yeah, call call the total over 49 good for a half unit in that game. I think uh, you can really see both teams open up here, gettable secondaries, and, uh, and, and yeah, I think that that's a game where we could see a lot of points on Sunday. And then finally, our final game, the big one, the Bills laying two and a half with juice. I call it minus 2.75 because it's minus two and a half at minus 120 versus the Chiefs. We can get plus two and a half at even money on the take back. The total is 45 and a half consensus as I'm recording this. This is, of course, our game of the week. And 
ESPN bet, like I said, oh, they had that off-market price on the Chiefs earlier in the week at plus 3.5, minus 110, even minus 115, minus 120 was there for a good while while the market was sitting on the other side of three. So this line is, uh, and you did see it get to three at some spots too, to be fair, but this line's right where I make it, right where it sits right now. The Chiefs, they are more rested, they're healthier coming in, of course, everyone's aware of that. And uh, but I you know I, I do like the Bills you know, to win this game at home outright. Of course, I think this line's as sharp as you can get. Um, you know, if I was forced to play it, I'd, I'd lay it with the Bills. I think, especially you know, having the Chiefs position is kind of nice. But um, yeah, I, I do gun to head Bills. But I think this line's right where it should be. Technically, the Chiefs are in teaser range right now. As as I'm recording this, there's worse things you could do than teasing the Chiefs up through the key numbers of three and seven up to eight and a half. But long term, you're just better off waiting uh, for the three to show. Uh, three at minus one ten. There's asymmetric risk there in the market right now. So if you're willing to, if you're looking to bet the bills, you probably want to lock in a little bit of a position while it's still at two and a half under that three key number of three. If you're looking to bet the Chiefs, there's no sense in taking plus two and a half even at uh, no juice when you can you can wait around or find a three. It's worth the wait there because just the value of catching a three there, and of course buying on and off a three in the NFL, as I've said, is worth about. 19th cents so the book most books will charge you much more than that so just be aware if you're buying points you are uh, you're paying for you're paying too much for it almost surely unless you're paying less than 19 cents that's the, the rule of thumb there speaking of teasers last week unfortunately we lost with our doggy juice pod playoff teaser the texans got there with ease for us on saturday teasing them up to uh eight and a half but of course the genius mike mccarthy and the cowboys lost their game outright uh, so we lost the, the Cowboys side of the teaser, and that moves our overall record on the season to 11-7 and seven on uh, our official Doggy Juice Pod NFL teasers of the week after going 11-6 in the regular season. Just real quick for any new listeners out there or anyone not aware, you can find a nice math edge when you're teasing two teams in the NFL on a six-point teaser through the key numbers of 3-7 and seven on both legs of the teaser as long as you're laying minus 120 juice or less. A lot of books are protecting against that with by raising the juice, of course, or offering dynamic pricing that changes the odds to uh, to make you pay more when you're teasing through those key numbers. Some select books in faraway places still can let you get down at minus 110 on those, so if you're able to do so, cherish that. Um, DraftKings is the only book, really, the, the major books that lets you do it at minus 120. Uh, these Stanford Wong Advantage teasers, whatever you want to call them, and a lot of people are aware of these as, as well. And we don't have anything that fits the mold this week, uh, for any official Doggy Juice Pod teaser of the week, and I, I suspect that we're not going to have any the rest of the year. So most likely we're going to be finishing the year 11-7 and seven on our official Doggy Juice Pod NFL teasers of the week. However, the seven-point teaser is in play this week, and I have gotten to play, and it's this, you know same idea. If you're teasing through the key numbers of three and seven, but you're laying minus 140 or better, some books can let you get down to this at minus 130. And I should add, if it's a six-and-a-half-point teaser, same idea, minus 130 or better, is good to go, and some books still let you do that. Um, so these can still come into range as the you know as the market plays out. You might be, be able to get one of these at six and a half. And some books in faraway places allow you to add an open leg to your teaser. So you know you could open one of these up and, and fill it later on. Um, that's another option as well. But I do like the seven point teaser in this one at minus one forty or better, teasing the Ravens from minus nine and a half down to minus two and a half through those key numbers of seven and three and pairing it with the Niners. Same, same idea from minus nine and a half, nine and a half down to minus two and a half. Uh, I do like that. I'm not going to count it on a record or anything like that, but if you do have access to a book that allows you to do a Ravens 49ers teaser at minus 140 or better, then the math is definitely in your favor to do so. I can feel it all the way down in my plums getting all swollen. 
All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. As I always say, if you enjoyed listening to this, just please take 5-10 seconds to rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple and leave a review if you're so inclined. They'll be really appreciated. But really just that quick rating, and even better yet, just telling someone you know it would really be appreciated. Anyone that you think would be interested in learning more about the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization or just uh, developments in the industry or just how to become a sharper sports better during these really exciting times in the industry, anything you can help do to spread the word is always appreciated. Love having you all listening to the Doggy Juice Pod. And this upcoming Thursday, like I said, I'll be back on the WagerWire Twitter spaces with Legal Sports Reports. Sam McQuillan will discuss a number of current issues, including that hard rock but uh, getting into some hot water, avoiding those wagers, like I mentioned earlier. So be sure to check that one out at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central this upcoming Thursday. Uh, But otherwise, uh, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Good luck on your action this weekend. And I'll talk to you all again next week. Doggy Juice out. (laughs) 